0: So before we get into it, let's, let's just go ahead and read this uh, here this passage together. If you want, pray this out loud with me. I know we're not many in this room, but it's it's in your notes and it's on the screen. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Let's, let's pray this together. Let's read it out loud. Ready? Go. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Today we're going to be looking at the portion of Jesus' prayer that says, Give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. You know, after the Korean War ended, South Korea was left with a large number of children who were orphaned by by the war. And so relief agencies, they came in because they saw a need and there was an opportunity to be able to meet a need and help out. So they came in to try and bring some much-needed aid to the uh, the orphaned children. One person from a relief agency relayed the story about a particular problem that they were having with some of the children there. You see, even though the children had three square meals a day, they were well-fed, their bellies were taken care of, their bellies were full, They were restless, and they were anxious at night. They weren't able to sleep. So they began to have conversations with the children, trying to decipher, trying to figure out what what is the problem, why are they experiencing such, and what's keeping them from sleeping at, at, at night. And what they discovered was that the children had anxiety about whether or not they would have food the next day, even though they were fed three times a day. Of course, it makes sense. Imagine the experience that these children had watching their families die and losing absolutely everything before them. And so the relief workers in one particular orphanage at one side, they decided that each night before the children were put to bed, they would take a single piece of bread. They would take a piece of bread and they would put it into the hands of the child. And it wasn't meant for them to eat it or anything like that. They just told them, just grab a piece of bread and go to bed and go to sleep with it. It wasn't intended to be eaten. It was simply intended to be held by the children as they went to sleep. You see, it was a sort of uh, security blanket for the kids there, reminding them that their daily provision would be there, that they didn't have to be anxious. anxious. And, And sure enough, this little experiment worked. The bread calmed the children's anxieties, and it helped them go to sleep. It was a reminder that their daily bread would be provided. Now, Jesus is teaching us an important lesson here as he continues, you know, teaching his disciples, teaching his followers, teaching us how to pray in this model prayer, because what you need to understand is that we live in a very individualized, self-sustaining and independent culture. So the truth is that the concept that Jesus is trying to teach us here might just be a foreign concept to us. You see, in our culture, there is an emphasis on independence. Which is perhaps why education and careers are so important to many of us, right? Because the moment you reach a certain age, you begin to dream about the time that you can make it on your own, about how you can make a name for yourself, how you can do things your own way, about how you can leave the dependence of your parents or your family and do things the way you want to. And from an early age, we begin to dream those thoughts, right? We begin to dream that way, we begin to think that way. But Jesus is teaching us a very important lesson here. And I think it's one that we all need to hear today. And I hope that once we learn this, we can incorporate it into our prayers this week. Bread. Bread is a a universal food, right? It's it's something that we all eat. It's a staple in most of our our diets. Even if you're gluten-free, you go get gluten-free bread, right? Like you, You still have it as a part of your diet. You can go to any part of the world and get some kind of bread, right? Anywhere that you go. There's white bread, there's wheat bread, there's Italian bread, there's French bread, there's bagels, there's pita bread, flatbread, heroes, pierogies, I mean, and and whatever other bread I I haven't mentioned, there's there's tons of bread. And I love bread. Do do you guys love bread? I love it. I I love it. I'm smelling this. This was a bad idea. This smells so good. (laughs) I want to eat it right now. I love the smell of bread. There's a bakery on on Grandview and Menaham. It's called Grimaldi's. It's an old school Italian bakery. It's been there for many years. And every time you drive by, you walk by, I swear they pump the smell of the fresh bread into the air so that when you're driving by or walking by, you have to stop and get in and get yourself a fresh baked Italian bread, right? Like they pump it into the air to make you to stop and get in. So what can we learn from this? What is Jesus trying to teach us in this, this concept of this daily of this daily bread? What is he trying to show us what is he trying to teach us here well there's a couple things i think we can learn from this in in an independent culture that we are in we must learn number one that god is our ultimate source you can write that down in your notes that god is our ultimate source jesus says give us today our daily bread give us give us and the fact that jesus is teaching us to say this signifies that we cannot be dependent on ourselves for this. That this is something that God supplies. And this means that God is the supplier of bread. Now, I know that for many of us here, this is a tough pill to swallow. Danny, why do I need to ask God to supply anything? I can take care of things myself. I manage manage what I must. I arrange. I do what I have to do. I move mountains. I do whatever I got to do to get what I need to do. But including this into our prayers, is to admit and it's to acknowledge that no, actually God is our ultimate source. That God is our provider. So we look to him and we ask him to supply our daily bread. And Paul confirms this in Romans chapter 11, verse 36. Why don't you guys read this verse out loud with me together? Ready, go. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. For from Him, through Him, and to Him are what? All things. You might want to go ahead and underline that in your notes, or circle it, all things. And what this communicates to me is that if all things are through and from God, then I need to depend on Him. And I need to hold on to Him the same way that that my lungs need oxygen to breathe. That's the sort of dependence that we ought to have on God. Have you ever held your breath for a long period of time? You know that desperation that you feel for air. That that ought to be the same type of desperation and need that we have for God. I think another another thing that we can learn uh, is a repeat lesson from week one. You guys remember this? That is that though He is our source, He's still approachable nonetheless. Even though God is our source, we can still approach God. And not only can you approach God, but when you do... He delights in your approaching of Him, that He is a good Father who loves His children, and He loves to give good gifts. James chapter one verse seventeen says that every good and perfect gift is from above; it comes from God, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. So is God your ultimate source? For some of us. We're so independently minded that we are unable to view God as our ultimate source. We're so self-centered that the idea of having a God that is our ultimate source that not only we can but should come to is a struggle we need to overcome. The next thing I think that Jesus is trying to teach us here, number two, is that we depend on God for our needs. We depend on God for our needs did you guys ever consider that God actually cares about your needs you ever think about that at the end of the day this is what this section of Jesus's prayer boils down to give us our daily bread means that we're asking God to provide our most basic needs God feed me today right God provide for me today and it actually alludes to something that happened in the Old Testament. Maybe you guys remember this, this story in the Old Testament, when God delivered the Israelites from Egyptian slavery. He led them through the wilderness towards the promised land. Land, But along the way, they got hungry, right? So what, did, so what did God do? Exodus chapter 16, verse 4, Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down what? I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. God provided, you guys remember this, manna. He provides this bread from heaven for the Israelites, and he gave them what they needed for that particular day, which I think is an interesting observation, isn't it? That God provided exactly what they needed for that day. Not more, not less, just enough for what they needed for that day. And if God is our source, that means that we too can depend on him to supply all our needs. Paul echoes this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, when he says, And my God will supply all your what? All your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. What a beautiful picture that not only God can supply all your needs, but that he wants to that He wants to supply your needs, that He will supply your needs. Which leads me to a couple of different observations. First, God can only supply the needs that you're willing to admit you have. How can God supply a need that you don't acknowledge that you have? And this is a problem that many of us face because we're simply too prideful to admit when we're needy or when we need help. In fact, so often we don't go and approach for help until it's too late. Because we're so prideful. The second observation is that the verse says that God will supply your needs, not all your wants. Not everything you want is something you need, right? You guys know this, right? Not everything you want is something that you need. There's a big difference between needs and wants. I know it's a little bit difficult to distinguish between the two because we're very selfish, self-centered people. And we want what we want. But what we want is not always what we need. And sometimes we struggle in our relationship with God because we struggle with the two. But God didn't provide what I needed. No, He didn't provide what you wanted. But He gave you exactly what you needed. Here's another thing that we need to understand because some of you hear the word need and perhaps you think to yourself, well, Danny, this doesn't apply to me. You see, Danny, I don't have any needs because my bills are paid. In fact, I drive a really nice car. I got money in the bank. I'm all right. And so I don't have any needs, so let's get on to the next portion of Jesus' prayer. Well, first of all, if that's you here in the room or watching this online, praise God that that's your case, but that's not everybody's case. Certainly not in this church, and of course, definitely not in our community. However, what you need to realize is that there's more poverty than just financial poverty. There's more needs than monetary needs, and God wants to provide for you in those areas as well. So for you, perhaps your needs are emotional. You have a hurt heart and you're dealing with profound sadness. Maybe your needs today are spiritual. Perhaps you're spiritually impoverished. You're confused in your faith. You're wrestling with questions and doubts and and fears. Maybe your needs are physical needs. You're, you're, You're physically in pain or you're physically hurting. Then what you need to understand is that we are to depend on God for all our needs that you can cry out to Him in your grief, in your pain, in your suffering, in your hardship, and you can ask Him to supply all your needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus. Now, number three is this. This is bonus content. We're, gonna, we're not going to unpack this today because we just don't have enough time, but you can write this down. Number three is this, that we depend on God daily. We depend on God daily. And that is that this is a daily reminder for us that we're so easily, easily forgetting, so easily put to the side. And you can read Luke chapter 9, verse 23, and I'll unpack this during the week sometime. I'll, I'll put a video out or something. But just for, for time's sake, we're not going to unpack it today. But I think it is important that we mention that we must depend on God daily. But here's number four write this down. And I think this is the ultimate reminder. When we read this verse, when we read, when we ask God to, to, to give us our daily bread, I think this is, this is the first thing that should come into your mind. This is what you should think of and that is number four, that Jesus is the bread of life. That Jesus is the bread of life. Let me ask you guys a question. When was the last time that you were really, really super hungry? I'm going to guess that you probably can't think back to that time because for most of us, It's been my experience that we use the word, uh, we use the phrase, I'm starving, after having a Big Mac, large fries, and a two gallon soda at McDonald's an hour and a half before, right? And then an hour and a half later, like, I'm starving, oh my gosh, I'm so hungry, I'm gonna die. And you just had that big meal. So I'm gonna guess it's probably pretty hard for you to think back to a time when you were actually starving. And I think this is why this is a concept, okay, that is hard for us to grasp when we talk about God meeting our needs, when we talk about Jesus being the bread of life and that God sustains us and that He's our ultimate source, we we don't grasp it because we haven't been truly hungry. But if you've ever truly felt hunger or if you've ever truly felt thirst and there was no way of satisfying that hunger or thirst anytime soon, then maybe, maybe you have some insight and you have a glimpse to the picture that God paints for us here as Jesus, the bread of life. There's this, uh, this passage in the New Testament where Jesus was preaching to the crowd. And this crowd that he's talking to was the same crowd, you guys may remember, where he fed, you know, oh, well over 5,000 people. You guys remember that story? He had bread, he had fish, and he fed all these people. The best that I can tell, when he's addressing them in John chapter six verse thirty-five, this is the the best I can tell from reading this passage. is just the next day, it's just the next day. He had just did it the day before. They came looking him. They came looking for him again, because guess what? Hungry people get hungry again, right? And so they come looking for Jesus, and so they come to him again, bellies growling, expecting another miracle. And look at what Jesus tells them. John chapter six verse thirty-five. Jesus says, I am the bread of life and no one who comes to me will ever be hungry and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. Now, here's the big idea of Jesus teaching. And this is super important for us to grasp. You need to understand this. And if you're not a follower of Jesus in this room or watching the live stream, this is what you need to know. And if you are a follower of Jesus, then this is your reminder because we are too quick to forget, neglect, and reject. This is our our reminder. Our greatest need and our greatest impoverishment can only be satisfied by Jesus, the bread of life. The greatest need that we have is eternal in nature. And that apart from having that need satisfied in Jesus, we are eternally famished. We are eternally starved. We're eternally hungry. That apart from Jesus, we are eternally and spiritually famined and nothing in this world can satisfy that hunger. And this is because our sin eternally separated us from God. And apart from God's intervention, we're doomed for eternal destruction. But praise God for Jesus who is the bread of life. And Jesus enters our spiritual wasteland and He lives the life that we are incapable of living he lives a perfect and sinless life. Then as an innocent man, the son of God, God incarnate, he's unjustly led to the cross to be brutally executed. And The Bible says that the penalty of our sin is death. That's what we deserve. This is the debt that we all owe for our sin. But Jesus steps in to die in our place so that by his scars, by his wounds, by his nail-scarred hands, we might be healed and so that our sins would be forgiven. And when they placed them into the tomb, as Jesus has said of himself and as the scriptures have prophesied, Jesus resurrected, conquering the grave, releasing the curse of sin on you and on me and giving us the promise of eternity and new life right now. And this bread of life that Jesus is talking about, that he's asking us to provide us, is provided for each and every single one of us. It's available for each and every single one of us. The the spiritually famished and famine by simply putting our faith in Jesus. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, then I invite you to accept God's invitation and to put your faith in Jesus' work. And if you are a follower of Jesus, I want to remind you, why are you trying to satisfy your hunger with anything other than the bread of life? Why are you attempting to live your life trying to satisfy that eternal hunger, that spiritual hunger, with anything that is not Jesus? Reject all other pursuits. Reject all those things that you're putting in front of him or instead of Jesus and return to him. Because no one who comes to Jesus will ever be hungry and no one who believes in Jesus will ever be thirsty again. I'm going to invite Hunter to come up here and he'll lead us in one final song. And I'm going to encourage you guys to participate in communion today. We moved the table to over here to my right. So when Hunter begins uh, leading us in this one final song, at your leisure, come up here, grab a cup, return to your seat, and you can participate. Uh, as you eat the bread, you remember that is the the body of Jesus represents the body of Jesus, which was broken for us, that was scarred for us, that was nailed on the cross for us. And as you drink the juice, you remember the blood of Jesus that was shed to wash away our sin. And you celebrate the fact that Jesus is no longer in the grave, that he's risen. He's conquered Satan, sin, and death. And because he's alive, we too can be alive. Let's let's pray. God, today my prayer is that you would be our ultimate source. Lord, we've attempted to to find our source from other places, other things, other people. And maybe that's why we're constantly empty. So God, I thank you for this reminder that you are our ultimate source. God, that if Jesus is the bread, God, you are the bakery we have you and all good and perfect gifts come from you God so forgive us God for attempting to put anything before you and for trying to satisfy our eternal hunger and anything else other than you God in this room it's a room full of needs God Some people in this room and online are in financial need. Some of us are in emotional need. Some of us are in spiritual needs or physical needs. So God, as you are our source, I pray that you would provide exactly what we need. Help us decipher and distinguish between those things that we want and those things that we actually need. Here's what I pray, God. I pray for humility, for us to accept what you give us. Lord, I would pray that Jesus would be the bread of life, that you would be the bread of life, that we would pursue you above all else. We pray this in Jesus' name.